encourage you to do that. Well, we uh, finished up our Me 2.0 series last week, and it was an awesome five-part series on being a new creation. We're going to be starting a new series in a couple of weeks. This Today's kind of a standalone message next week on Valentine's. This is going to be a standalone message, and we'll get going into a, uh, a uh, awesome series I'm excited about right after that. But we are looking here about now that we understand that we are a new creation, that we understand that we were made alive in Christ, that we have a new mind, a new heart, a new generosity, a new group of, of people in our lives to help us move forward in Christ. Well, now what do we do? We've got all of this. Now what do we do? And we're looking today at the big game, and we want to make sure that we hit the field running. See, we are new creations and part of a team called the body of Christ. We talked about that extensively last week. If you missed last week, be sure and get that. It's on the, be there on our website. That we are now, right now, as we live and breathe in our big game. This is your big game, whether it feels like it or not. And all of heaven is cheering us on as we run our race. All of heaven is behind us. You ever, you've watched the movies before, maybe have experienced it in your life that, uh, you know, that there was this, somebody's right on the cusp of doing something, and then there's a crowd that just begins to chant and to cheer for them. You know, one of the best ones is, is the movie Rudy. We watched that a couple of weeks ago, love that movie. And the coach just was not going to put him in, and finally the crowd just starts chanting, and because this whole, all these witnesses all of these fans are cheering it just turns the tide of the game and rudy comes in makes this awesome play it's last seconds it was incredible moment well we have this great cloud of witnesses and when if you go into hebrews chapter 11 it gives this hall of faith and this hall of faith shows us all of these people who did all of these wonderful things by faith whether it was able who gave by faith and pleased God, whether it was Rahab who hid the spies by faith, whether it was Abraham who left his country and went on this journey with God by faith. There were all of these people. And the Word of God tells us that these folks who've walked by faith and seen these great winds are now cheering us on. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. I have experienced in my life a couple of different times of, of, of stepping into something, not because I wanted to, but simply because there were witnesses. There were people who were cheering me on. And my, a number of y'all know that my senior year, I would, had got a bunch, just begin to get my, my graduation money, and I had some extra money in my pocket, and saw, you know, grew up in Odessa, and it's just flat. I mean, it's as flat as land can be. And I saw from, a, from out in the distance, there was this big crane sticking up, all lit up in the night, and I knew what that meant, that they were doing bungee jumping over there. And I had wanted to do that, I had wanted to try it, we skedaddle over there, check it out. Sure enough, I go and get a buddy of mine, try to get him to do it with me. He would not do it. He said, but I'll come watch you. So we come through the process. I, 
lay my money down, I get in the harness, I ride that ride up 200 feet in that ginormous crane, I get up in that night sky and can see Midland, and it is just freaky. And I, everything within me wanted to ride the crane back down. I just, okay, cool, you, you keep my money, you can do whatever, I'm just coming back down. The problem was, is there were all of these people who were down there, a number of them my friends, people that I didn't even tell I was going to show up, and they were down there yelling at me. And on the video, if we could ever find it, then I'm up there forever. I'm up, it's probably eight minutes that I'm just standing up there, and, and there's people waiting in line, and you finally start hearing my friends start yelling, Clark, are you ever going to jump? Clark! And so finally I go and I get outside of the cage and go through my process. They have to count me down three times because I chicken out twice. And finally when I come off, I go off backwards. There had been all these drunk cowboys that was done outside of a bar that were like swan diving and doing these beautiful things and uh, all these awesome stuff. And I just went off the side and I, was just, and I just kind of crouched. And finally my behind was just hanging too low and I just peeled off. And I was in this sad little formation as I came down. I looked like a dead bird falling out of a tree is what I looked like. So I, I made my signature bungee move. And I, I was just all in a knot. And I didn't breathe the whole way down. And then when that cord caught and shot me back up, all that adrenaline just turned loose. And I'm just screaming and running in air and... And saying things people shouldn't say and, and just going crazy. And it was incredible. And I would have not had that experience. I would have not gone had f for two things. Had I not watched those that had gone before me, one after another after another, it was totally fine. They got through it. It was a good thing. And then there was this cloud of people who were cheering me on. That's why the message from last week is so important because God is asking us to live so much outside of ourselves to live in this place of faith that if we don't have this group of people if we don't hear the those that have gone before us cheering us on saying God is faithful you can move into this we don't have people around us we're not going to step out and live the life that we can really live we will miss out we can't do this it is this is our big game we cannot be caught on the sidelines we have to get in there, and, and God has put us in this body. And there is this great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on. So as we look at this, we need to first and foremost get moving. Because it's easier to steer a moving vehicle, a moving ship, than it is a parked one. Get it going, and then you can steer it, you can carry it in the direction it needs to go. Because you and I, we have a race that is marked out for us. We have something that we have to do. And then that begins to set parameters. Now there are parameters that are wide parameters set in the word of God. That gives us this latitude to be able to operate in and use our intelligence. Use what God's placed between our ears. Use our training. But then there's also these Holy Spirit things. That the Holy Spirit gives us perfect direction in that. We don't sit there. I didn't, you know, I did not pray about what shirt I was going to wear today. I went to my closet and grabbed it. And it ended up the other Brandon Clark has a very similar shirt on. 
It's amazing. So made the joke that we were hearing God. But you know what? I didn't pray about what shirt I wore. I knew that it could sit there and it met certain requirements. I didn't look like a hobo. I didn't have stains all over it. I, you know, I wasn't going to be an embarrassment to my wife. These certain things, there's these parameters. I can, I can go to my closet. I can grab these things. But there are other things in our lives that we have God given us pinpoint direction on. And the Holy Spirit is leading us in our lives. See, when... Uh, and, and sometimes it will carry us into, into doing things that are unique. When uh, Cutie and I had just, had just met, and we had become a thing, we had be, decided we were going to take our relationship further, and, which didn't take long. I pretty much looked at her and was like, okay, let's get married. And, uh, and so it was uh, about that fast. And anyway, so I was still in school. I was here going to ASU, and she was back in Odessa and there was this little dance thing that came up and all my buddies and Brandon Moore and and uh, maybe Kelly was uh Don was there and going to be going and everybody was going to be going and I wanted to go hang out so but there were this thing I was focused in my life on pursuing just this woman and that was all and so at that point there began to it began to pull some different things in well, I wanted to go have a good time, enjoy myself. There was, gonna, there was this dance, so, but I knew that there were going to, you know, there was going to be other females there, and I wanted to just cover my bases from the beginning, that I wasn't going to be dancing with these other girls. My wife was, oh wait, Brandon's already laughing. He was there. And uh, that my wife was not, was not there, so I wanted to go and have a good time. Well, some friends of ours had pranked us, and there was a show called Ren and Stimpy from years ago. And they had this little thing of, it's log, it's log, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Anyways, they put a, these guys uh, put this log in front of my door and pranked us and put a little sign on it and all that. And so we had this log sitting in my dorm room. Um, how I made this decision, I don't remember the thought process. But I decided that I was going to take this log, about two foot tall, that big around log, to this dance as my date. And so... I was taking this dog, this log, and I, I named her Logina, and so I, I go to this dance, I load her in my truck, and Brandon's there, and we get out, and I walk in with this log, and everybody's like, well, what's the deal with the log? This is my date. This is who I'm, who I'm with. Now, this is who I'm going to dance with, and so that whole night, any time, you know, when there was a fast dance, well, then Logina just sat in the middle of the floor, and we just, we just grooved, and Anytime there was a slow dance, well, I wasn't slow dancing with any of the other girls. I picked up the log and had myself some fun. And that dumb log danced with like 15 different people that night. That log, she was just all over the place. I had to get onto her so many times. And somehow part of her bark fell off, and that was embarrassing. What is she doing? And, uh, but there were these, as silly as it was, it was the fact that I was positioning myself because that I was living to please her. It didn't matter what, the, what anybody else thought. It didn't matter how foolish people thought it was. It didn't matter what. I was able to hang out with my friends. Any girl asked me to dance, whatever. It's like, no, I'm, hello? I'm with Logina. What are you doing? I was able to just creatively, with a fun way, be able to enjoy the evening and stay focused on where I was called to, called to live. 
and to be able to in, inadvertently, it could have been something that my wife would have been all upset because I was at this dance, or she was my girlfriend at the time, but at this dance and wondering what was going on. But I told her in advance, I'm taking this log, and it's going to be in, going to be in your place. And it ended up being something that in some kind of weird way made her feel better. And it actually ministered to her that I was going to be able to go to these extremes to be able to keep myself just to her. And so with that in our lives, that there are things that, yes, I could have gone to have, to have some fun. Yes, I could have gone and, and hung out with all my buddies. But because of my commitment here and I was focused here, then my, it brings our parameters in. Uh, Paul says all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. We want to make sure that we stay in the profitable area. Things that are going to make our lives better. Even if it's a little bizarre at times. Not that God would ever ask you to take a log as a date. But, uh, but it's just that focus. See, 2 Thessalonians 3.5 says, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That is where the Holy Spirit is carrying us for, into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Of staying the course, walking in love, persevering, dealing with the stuff, the bumps that come along the way. And we've got to be directed in that area. I was taught early on, because we, there was this thing, where, you know, you'd want, you want to pray for God's direction. But then, and God gives specific direction at times. But then there's also, like I said, the parameters and that's where we get this thing that uh, my, my mentor that raised me up, Pastor John, talked about green light theology. That you just go, that God, there's certain things God's just told us to do. And you just go forward with those things. Like there's a green light. And if God doesn't want you doing it in that direction, he'll, he'll steer you. He will direct you. And we're going to look right here at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here they are being told by Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations. So Paul, when he finally gets converted and gets, gets his wheels rolling... That's what he's set about to do. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 16. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. He wanted to go to Asia and the Holy Spirit said no. So he whoop, redirects his way. I'm going to preach somewhere. And then they came to the border of Mysia and traveled to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they <clears throat> passed by <clears throat> Mysia and went to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called them, called us to preach the gospel to the Macedonians. This is where, this is a pivotal, pivotal moment. Because as Paul's carrying the gospel, he wanted to go right to Asia. And he ends up going left into Europe. And this is when he, Macedonia is the first 
European nation, European area that they carry the gospel into. And then the gospel goes in and has this incredible impact and is embraced in Europe. We are just now, thousands of years later, seeing Asia as a whole begin to open up. God was sending them to where the hearts were ready. Paul didn't say why. He was like, I'm called to preach to all the nations. Let's go to Asia. Nope. All right, well, let's go into Asia Minor. Nope. Okay, now, oh, Macedonia. We're going to Europe. And that's where they go. He had this green light theology of just go. Of just go and just share. So many times we wait on these things. I, I'd made so many mistakes on just not sharing the gospel when I was younger with people just because I was, Lord, are you really want me to, to talk to this person? Yes! Sure, if you think about it, talk to them. Don't be all crazy about it. Just be relational. Just let the door open and share with them about what God has done in your life. The, the doors are open. Just We just walk through them. And then times God will say, no, go here. No, go here. As we were traveling, there were a number of cities that we were like, man, we love this city. We really like Charleston. Lord, you want us to, to minister in Charleston? No. We like Frisco. No, we like San Antonio. No. And we ended up being directed by the Holy Spirit back into this direction. God, just we just got to get the ball rolling. We can't sit on the sidelines. Just go take, what, take these wide things that God has told us to have in our lives and just begin to put those things into practice. To really make the most of one life. Of the one life we have to give, we must stay focused and lose the distractions. That's what Hebrews 12.1 tells us. We've got to lose the distractions. Of course, down here, we don't do a lot of dog sledding in West Texas. You know, lately, you know, you're thinking maybe be cold enough. We get some, some snow and start some West Texas dog sled teams. But we don't do a lot of dog sledding here. But up, uh, you know, in Alaska area and... The, they have the famous Iditarod, the 1,100 and some odd mile challenge that takes anywhere between 8 and 12 days to complete. I mean, just this grueling thing. Well, pre this woman named, <clears throat> named Susan Butcher, the time was always from 12 to 15 hours. And then this lady comes along named Susan Butcher. She was, ended up being a four-time winner. First person to win it three times in a row. She got beat out and then won it, won it again a, a fourth time. And the only person to have done it four times in five years. She was just an incredible dog sled racer on this grueling, grueling race. She ended up, the first time she won it, she cut out an entire day off of the race an entire day she comes back when to the next the next year same thing she is she's holding the same time she, after susan butcher hit the scene they have they've one time have had it go barely into 12 hours she rewrote how that race is run and the reason she was able to cut a whole day off is because she cut out a distraction See, most of the people went along that route and they would carry these little things to build fires and cook their food. And she knew what she needed with as much as she needed to carry as little weight as possible and not cook. And one of her main staples she carried with her was sticks of butter. 
and she'd be running that race and eating butter, which just sounds nasty, but it's high fat content. You burn, you're putting out that kind of need, needing that kind of calories. Then she, that was one of the things, and she just quit cooking. She got rid of a distraction and cut an entire day off of the race. In one, two, three years in a row, it took her competitors to finally catch up to what she was doing. See, the Word of God tells us to just begin to lose some of the distractions. If we're going to stay focused, we're going to have to kick some of those, th- those things out. That's why we get back to that thing. Just because it's permissible doesn't mean that it's beneficial. It's not profitable. See, 2 Timothy 2, 4, and 5 says, No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civil affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Philippians 3. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have him take hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He understood this. He goes on to talk about that mature people. This is the way mature believers walk. That forgetting the stuff that is behind. We can't live in past victories and we can't live in past defeats. We have to forget those and just keep moving forward. See, we cannot be comparing our race to somebody else's. We can't say, well, their life is so much easier, or or, they are got this, or they've got that. The Bible tells us that that's just out and out foolish. See, when it came down to it, and Jesus was, we see a place where Jesus actually did some comparison because he knew the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knew what was really going on. We see the, the... deal with a widow and her two mites and it seemed like nothing it was two mites it was a fraction of a penny it was nothing and he says wow she's given the most he knew what was going on on the inside of us i think where a lot of us are going to be stunned when we get to heaven because there'll be us there'll be some folks that are man just really just really rewarded and we they didn't make our cut when we did the little comparison thing but God knows what's going on on the inside. See, 2 Corinthians 10:12 says, Do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves <coughs> with themselves. They are not wise. See, nobody else is your standard. Because you can always find somebody is low enough to make you feel good or somebody so great to make you feel bad about yourself. We stay with what God is committing. That's why the, the Word of God tells us that whatever is not of faith is sin. When God speaks something into our heart and we respond to Him, it is an act of faith. The message translation reads that we're not, understand, putting ourselves in a league with those who boast that they're our superiors. We wouldn't dare do that. But in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. We don't want to miss the point. We want to make sure that we play hard and we finish strong. Second Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called 
and to the good confession that was made in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We each have a race that we are to walk, that we are to run. We have the Holy Spirit who's leading us and telling us what we need to be doing with our lives and how we're supposed to be investing it into the kingdom. And there's not this thing between clergy and laity and the clergy do all this and the laity just kind of show up whenever they want to. We're all parts of the body of Christ. We're supposed to all be making a difference. See, at the end of the deal, the end of our race, the end of our big game, it's not measured, we're not measured against anything but what God has asked for us. That's it. What God's asked of us is it. That's what we're going to be measured against. Not against what somebody else did or didn't do. Just against what the Holy Spirit is asking of us here and now today. And the first thing that we know that... 